coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. We love you so much and thank you for tuning in. Hey, Tuss. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? So good. It's New Year. Happy New Year. It is. It's exciting. We are already into it, busy and crazy. Took some time off, but now we are at it. And we're excited to bring you guys, hopefully, two episodes a week. That's our goal. Maybe some weeks we do one. I don't know. We'll see. It's all good. Lots yeah. of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. So we have a lot of cool interviews coming. But today, we're going to talk about an article or really some advice that we saw from Strategies. If you guys know, we are big fans of Strategies. They are a coaching company, mainly for salons, not really for individual operators. And we saw an article, or they do a weekly post, and I highly recommend you guys get this because it's full of great stuff. And basically, Neil or one of their team members wrote this and gave a whole bunch of good stuff, like things to do this year to help you with your business. But before we do that, I do want to do a few quick announcements. Is that cool? It's all cool, essay. It's all cool, essay. All right, so let's do a couple announcements. Well, first, you guys, if you want to get discounts and be included when things are launched, when all the new stuff that we have coming out this year is first put out, you want to be part of our Lashcast Insider Club. So how do you do that? Go to the link in our bio on Instagram, or I will put also in the show notes here. Go there, sign up today, and that way you'll get discount codes. You will get the first opportunities to buy tickets and all that fun stuff. Because, guys, our classes are out. Our last retention between now and June, we've launched all the dates. I'm going to tell you real quickly, February 26th, 27th, we'll be in Scottsdale at, with Allie from Lash Anarchist. And in March, we're going to be in Sydney. That one, we actually don't have a location yet. So we're working on that. If you are in Sydney, if you have a place and you listen, I would love to host. Like, we need a minimum of six beds. Let us know, and you can just DM me on Instagram or email oh me at gosh, Paul at Lashcast. So fun. I can't wait for that. Yeah, That's Paul good. at LashcastPodcast.com. Yeah, Sydney's going to be awesome. We're going to be there for two weeks for the International Lash Masters Conference, and then we're going to be there to teach a class, and we're going to see Australia. It's going to be kind of cool. Uh, also, we are, will be in Austin, Texas with Shelby from Lash Boss Conference Radio on April 9th through 10th. May 14th, 15th, we're going to be in New York at Fangirl Society at Stephanie's Place. And then June 11th and 12th, we'll be right back here in Los Angeles. So go to our Instagram or go to our website and get all the information on that. And also, right now, as this class, as we're doing this episode, and as you probably listen to this, hopefully in early January, our Overcoming Lash Allergy webinar is back up and alive. So you can watch that. It's two and a half hours. And then we have a live Q&A on January 31st at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we will record that. So if you can't make it to the live Q&A, you'll get the replay. But you definitely want to make it. So if you haven't taken that course, you definitely want to because it's a super nerd version of what everything you want to know about lash allergies and what you can do and how you can partner with a doctor. So, okay, that's all our announcements. So let's get into this article, which is um, basically if you look at today is the third or fourth. No, oh, today wait. is the fourth. Oh, the fourth. Guess what? I forgot to tell, to tell everyone. Today is Tessa's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not a big birthday gal, so it's like I'm very low key. I'm yeah. not one to expect, you know, anything. anything. Both of us are, I don't think we've done anything for our birthdays in years. <laughs> our birthdays come and go, and we just get you older. You know what it is? I just hate obligation, yeah. and I hate to 
obligate other people. It's yeah. just, I've always been that way. So it's like, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And for me too. We, also, our birthdays are during the holiday season. Mine's on the 8th of December. And mine's always the At day the that end. everyone goes back to work and everyone's broken, like all partied out and pooped yeah. out, you know. So mine, we never have time for because the holidays. Tess is everyone's worn out and broke. And so Tess said, she was telling me, I didn't know this all her, all her life. She'd never shared this. That she associated going back to school with her birthday because that's pretty much what would happen. It's the day you have to go back to school for winter break or you have to go back to, to work. Terrible yeah. memories, terrible associations. Very sad, very sad. Oh, but that's it's, it. It's no big deal. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyhow, you're probably listening to this probably a week later. At least that's when we're planning to have this release. So Tesla's birthday would be long over. But this article came out this week, first week in January. And basically, Neil or the team at Strategy said, you know what? Let's give you some tips on some things you can do this upcoming year, like so what are some changes you can make in your life and some suggestions? Because we always say, make it your best year ever. Yeah, oh, yeah New but, Year's resolutions, yeah. that kind of thing. But it's so easy to break those. I think a new trend is let's go for principles or, or let's make go some for, plans or make, you know, write pledges, down right? pledges. Or, yeah, because resolutions are more like just weight loss and I'm going to sleep more and I'm going to stop drinking. But that's not what this is about. This is really about making some real big moves in your business so you can move forward and, and see improvement. And they had some great ideas. So let me, I'll jump into the first yeah. one. They said that one of the things you should do this year is plan to do one major project. Like something that you've always wanted to do. Yeah. Something I mean, that's on your heart. Cause often we always say, here's the real risk. I know I deal with this. I'll have like 18 big projects I want to work on. And I'll bounce around from one to the next, the next, the next. And then weird enough, after the year goes by, very little gets done. done, Yeah, nothing gets Mm -hmm. done. So their idea is like, no, no, just pick one. Take one big thing that you've been wanting to do. It's been on your radar. Maybe you want to write a class. Maybe you've been wanting to write that manual for your training. Or maybe you want to figure out your numbers, your critical numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So you understand your business. So you understand finances. Maybe you want to take a class. That's going to really help you grow your business. Maybe you want to go to LashCon. I don't know. Maybe you want to redecorate your salon or your space. Or maybe just make your workspace a little bit more efficient and easier so you're not always like awkwardly reaching for things. Yeah. Maybe you want to hire staff finally. And you're like, I really need to do this. I'm so busy. I'm tired of working 12-hour days, five, six days a week. And it's time to hire someone. Maybe you want to launch that first training. Like you want to get one student and just teach someone lashes. Whatever it is, pick one. Don't pick three. Don't pick five. Do one. Now, here's the good news. If you get done early, let's say you've picked, I'm going to write my first manual ever and have that already. And you're going to give yourself all year. But let's say April comes and you're done because you're focused and you've been writing. Well, guess what? You can pick a new big one starting in April. Say, okay, I finished my manual. Now I'll move on to that next big project versus trying to write that manual, redecorate your salon. Take new pictures, redo your website. Yeah, before you know it, you're not getting anything done because you're just bouncing around. So I thought that was a really great tip. Another thing they said is, this is for those of you who have a team, okay? And to us, when we saw this, we both laughed because this is something that everyone dreads doing, but it's something you, you need to do. If you have more than three people on your team, then, you yeah, know. You're going to know this pain. You, you know this pain. And, so, and what is it? Yeah, basically you need to fix that one thing that's hurting your team culture. Now, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Now, it may not be a person. It may not. Most likely it is. Most likely you have that one person. And like the minute we said that, like somebody's face just like popped up in your mind and it's like, uh, it's almost like putting a finger in an open wound. Yeah. I remember, I think it was strategy or some other um, webinar or somewhere teaching said, you know what? 
I don't want to be thinking about you at, when I go to bed at night. And if I am, that's a problem. Yeah. If I'm going to bed every night thinking about this one person going, oh, my gosh, oh, I hope this, oh, I hope that. You know what? This person is not helping your culture. She or he is not building your team. So it's time to fix that. So there's a couple things you do. One, you need to have that difficult conversation. And we've talked about difficult conversations in the past. And they are the ones that none of us want to have. I hate them. And I know Tuss really hates them. And that's one of the reasons why managing wasn't one of her favorite things, because you have to have difficult conversations. I would conversations. do it, but it would be so labored and pained, and we got through it. Yeah. One of the things that I often talked about, and we even talked to the team and trained the team, that if somebody comes up to you, you can say, this may be a difficult conversation, but we are going to get through it. Yeah. It's kind of a signal that we're going to have a heart-to-heart, but as awkward as it may be, we're going to get through it. Exactly. And that's what you need to do right now. If you have that person who's always late, or maybe calls in sick, or maybe he's just not a team player, doesn't help around the salon, doesn't help clean up, always jets out worse gossips. I mean, gossip to me is a fireball offense. And you have someone that's firing or gossiping, just need to cut it out and say, sorry, you're not longer welcomed here. That really hurts the team. But whatever that is, and then by the way, maybe right now your team has a gossip problem. Maybe that's the culture problem you need to do and you can't fire everyone. So maybe you turn a corner and say, guys, no more gossiping. And you need to have a strong response. So you can't be like, there's no more gossiping guys. Well, in a nutshell, what would that be? You'll get fired. I mean, if we hear through the grapevine, someone's sharing, hey, blah, 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 said this, and then it goes through the grapevine. Eventually, you have to go back to the source and find that. And it's hard to do. I get it. It's not easy to find that. And you, But you need to at least put out there a strong front. Well, what I'm going to ask is what is the parameters? Like for us, it was like if the person that you're talking to cannot solve the problem for you, that's gossip. It's okay to bring an issue to somebody who can help the problem. But if it's somebody who can't, then that... That's a burden on that other person. Yeah. I mean, if you're coming and say, hey, you know, remember Sally? She, you know, maybe you share a room with someone. Like, she always leaves my room dirty. And you don't go to Sally to talk about the problem. You go to Jennifer and you say, Jennifer, I'm so sick of Sally. Oh my gosh, she never cleans the room. That's gossip. Versus you go into Sally and say, hey, Sally, you know what? I'm really tired of this. You don't clean the room when you're done with your shift. I need you to do that so when I show up, it's not dirty. So instead of generating a tattletale culture, we don't want Jennifer to come to the boss and say, you know, so-and-so was gossiping about Sally. No, Jennifer should be trained to say, that sounds like an issue that you need to bring up with Sally, and I encourage you to do that. Exactly. And now, of course, if that doesn't work, that's when you have a manager. And that's not gossip now because you're going to a manager, you're the boss or the owner and say, hey, I'm having a problem in my room. This is not working. We're sharing this room and da, 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 da. And now the manager can step in and help solve the problem. Because again, the manager can solve the problem. That's the whole key. That's the key with gossip. And you need to approach it that way. And dealing with this issue, just as a little sidebar, is that you need to tell them what the boundaries are. Gossip is that you don't talk with somebody who can't help it. And then you give them tools on how to navigate if somebody breaks that. And they might not, just out of habit, not mean to. You encourage them. So you don't just change something without helping them along. So, you know. So anyhow, that's just one example. But there's many others. Maybe you have a team members who are disrespectful to the front desk. Maybe they never, like I said, help out with uh, any of the chores in the business. Whatever that is, if it's a behavior, you need to confront it and fix it and put consequences if they don't. And if it's just a bad team player who's just really bringing down the team, maybe it's time to, you know, if you feel like you have to give them one more chance, please do. But don't give them three, don't give them five. You know what? One more chance is enough. And after that, you have to let them know, by the way, I expect this. You need to be on time I, or you need to let them know, by the way, I need you to be a team player. I, I need to show up at team meetings. Whatever it is that is a problem that they tend to stir up, 
They say, if this happens one more time. That means that you're, you're agreeing with me that they, that will be your last yeah, day. Yeah, you're basically telling me you don't no longer want to work here, which is fine. We don't have to end as enemies or be mean with each other. We can be very respectful. But if, if it seems like you can't do this for some reason or you can't abide by the expectations that we've set up in this company, then no problem. Why don't you go find a company where you'll be more satisfied? Maybe it'll be a better fit for you. We won't hold that against you. Sometimes things don't work out, and that's not a bad thing. But we do want to wish you well. But we, this is how we do business here. And if you, you have to work within the boundaries that we've set up. So anyhow, that's one other thing that you can do this year. And by the way, your team will thank you. I, we, I never believed this when we let someone go. I was like, oh, they're going to be so mad. They'll be depressed. And actually, I found out more times than not. Everyone would be like, oh, thank oh, goodness. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she was such a bummer to be around. Or such that. a drain or, you know. So, yeah. Anyhow, let's see. What's another one they said? Well, this one is about improving your retail. Yeah. So, basically, what you want to do is recommend 100% of the retail, you know, 100% of the time for two weeks. When I say 100% of the time, I mean, like, every client that comes in. And it's not like at the end of the service, you're like, would you like to buy something? That's, that's not relational. That's not conversational. You want to recommend whatever it is that you have that you know would benefit them. And that could just simply be ending the service with just a complimentary brow. You know, you just put the pencil in their brows. Maybe you just put a little bit of highlighter on their cheekbones and send them off. It's just kind of an extra touch. And then you say, this is also a product that we have and it's great. Looks good on you. But you want to make use of the product that you've already invested in. You want to move it off your shelf. And so get in the habit of recommending something to 100% of the clients that walk in. With our staff, what we would do is we just pick one product. We say this week we would have a nail polish and we would say everyone recommend the nail polish or the eyeliner. Everyone recommend the eyeliner. All of you probably have some sort of lash bath or some sort of cleanser that you recommend. Right now, if that's all you have, you just start with that. Just every client. Yeah. And here's an easy way to do it. If you have the product set up, usually it's in full view of the client as they're walking back towards the service. And all you have to do is casually, like a Vanna White with Will of Fortune, lovingly. Who's she, by the way? People don't know who Vanna White is. I'm sure some people don't. You know, prices, <laughs> she's the gal that like turns the letters. The letters, yes. The pri- okay, uh, not prices, right? Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, not the prices. Okay, right, what yes. I mean is like okay, like a model extending your hand. That's so me. You just, imagine yes, Paul. Imagine Paul highlighting <laughs> the lipsticks and the nail polishes. Uh, so you just gracefully, as you walk by the nail polishes, just say, "These are our Smith and Colt colors. We are having a special this week." you should check out some colors that look good on you on the way out. You just have to introduce it like at the very beginning of the service. And at the end, you say, take a look at the colors, see if anything looks good on you. It's just conversational. Often, Tuss would just come up with our skincare line. She'd say, here are the products I recommended. And she would just put it on the table, not to say you need to buy it, but she'd say, here's the cleanser, here's the lytic, and here is the, what were the moisturizer. moisturizer. The renewal. renewal. And you say, here, these are three things I recommend. And then she'd walk away, and then the front desk would take them there and go, oh, great. Do you want to get this? Would you like to get one? And then they, not always, but often would say, sure, I'll take one or two, and then they'd buy it. It was very casual, very relational, and it was more we're just trying to serve them to give them things that they need. We wouldn't be ever trying to sell stuff they didn't need, and I know that's always the feeling that you have when people sell a lot of times. Oh, I'm trying to sell stuff people don't need. No, no, don't do that. That's unethical. Just find stuff that you carry. Hopefully, you carry good products. Like you have something on your shelf, whatever it is. The client that's in front of you, lying down with her eyes closed, going into the zone with her eye patches on, and you're starting to do her lashes, you're going to 
try to think during that time, what am I going to say? How can I open a conversation that will introduce this product, whatever it is on the shelf that I have for her? Maybe it's a barrier cream. Your skin looks a little bit dry. I'm going to put a little bit of this on. It's going to help the barrier. This is a little mask. I'm, I'm going to, you know, you could really use that. Whatever it is on your shelves, you're going to be thinking about during the service what you can recommend for her. Yeah. And so the goal here with what Strategies was saying is just say for two weeks, Try this out. Now, it's you by yourself. It's really easy. You can monitor yourself and you just give yourself a little check maybe next to every client or put a little, take a notepad and just track, hey, how well did I do? If, now, if you have a team, you have to hold them accountable and you have to ask a lot of this is the honor system because if they're all working with themselves, they're, they're going to have to say, did you ask everyone? And hopefully they will be honest. Otherwise, the front desk could help track that too. If you have a front desk person, they can sit there and listen and they can track it. So anyhow. Just, just a shout out to strategies. This is called the happiness system. Yeah. And you just, it's just part of the end of the service. To remind people, we had little pads of paper marked out with all the items that we had on there. It was just a recommendation. It was like a prescription that you could yeah. offer them. But you don't have to do that. I mean, that's just an idea. Yeah, their th- system was like a little checklist and you say, I recommended this product and then you hand it to the front desk and then the front desk would get that sheet and they'd be like, oh, so it looks like Tusney recommended that you try the new lytic i can get that for you and then the client would be oh that's okay or if you do it right you grab the product for them and you have it right there but but the idea is you recommend so try that out just two weeks the goal here is work that muscle this work that muscle get more comfortable with it the more you practice the more easier it'll get and you can try different ways of doing it the ones that find hopefully the best results not the ones that just get you out of it as possible it's like wow i did 100 percent recommendations got no sales because i was so uncomfortable i just asked every person would you like to buy something and they all said no so <laughs> that's not the goal <laughs> all right what's another one um let's look at critical numbers actually Something that we will be teaching in our coaching program as well as Strategies does, they have critical numbers. Like, you need to know what your pre-book rate is. You need to know these numbers, guys, because this is the only measure that you can know if you're hitting the mark or not. Yeah, so these critical numbers are pre-book. How many people are booked before they leave? How productive are you? Are you very busy, like 80%, 90% booked out, 100% booked out, only 10% booked out? Your productivity number is going to let you know when it's time for you to raise your prices. Yeah, exactly. Or if you can't afford to. It's going to help you with that. Also, retention rates. What's your first-time retention rate and what's your current client retention rate? What retention means, not lashes. That means how often or how many of them are coming back month to month. Because that's important to know. Because if, if no one's going back, then you have a huge That says something problem. about your work, right? Yeah. That you want to pay attention to so you can fix it. Yeah, exactly. And if you have a, a very low first-time retention rate, that means that you may get someone in one time and then they leave and you're like, wow, that was all, a lot of work to get one client for one time. You really want to have be over 60% on your retention rate. Anyhow, whatever you need to, if you're not already tracking that, you know, you need to learn those numbers and we'll talk about that another time. But if you are tracking that, you need to pick one of those numbers and improve it. So let's just say your productivity is low but your retention rates are good, which, by the way, should mean that you will enjoy get good productivity. That's fine. Then you just need to work on staying, keeping your clients and, and be rebooking and all that. If you have low pre-book rates, which that's one that most people aren't very good at, which means they're not really good getting people booked for their next appointment, that's an easy one to start working on. All you have to do is ask every client before they say they leave, say, no, actually, not ask. Let me fix that. Often what we do is, would you like to rebook with us? Or, hey, would you like to come in next month? And they go, ah, it's okay, I'll book later. Or I'll go online. The better question is, is let's get you in. I have two times, four weeks from now, I can get you on Tuesday at 2 o'clock or Thursday at 4 o'clock, which is best for you. And now you're really more giving you're them You're directing options. them. Yeah. 
And they're going to follow you. More times than not, they'll be like, oh, okay. Actually, those two days aren't good. What about another day? And you go, oh, how about Friday at 10? Oh, yeah, that works. Great. Because now you're not asking. You're just assuming and you're moving into it. And it's not a jerk move. I know you may feel uncomfortable at first, but it's actually expected. Clients don't mind. Of course, if they like you, they want to come back. If you're just going to make their job easier, this is the way to do it. By the way, we often would say, and we do because Tessa's is very booked, we say, if you don't book now, it may be difficult to get in at a time that you want. So it's best to book now. Another thing you can do, too, that will help you in pre-book is some people do this, give incentives in the beginning. Like for a new client, say, hey, if you pre-book now, I'll give you $10 off your next appointment. That way the client gets in the habit of booking with you and you're just doing little incentives to get them in or better than discounts, maybe give them an add-on. So say, hey, next time, if you book with me right now, I'll give you a free mini facial. Those are great tactics, but you know, you could say that after they decline, but I wouldn't say that first. I'd say, let's book yeah. your next appointment. When would you exactly. like? And if they're like, uh, no, I'll say, well, I do have an incentive. That's when I... Exactly. Yeah. So work on your critical numbers this year. Find one and improve it by the end of the year. Okay, so your next one is I want you guys to identify and eliminate your biggest time waster. So first of all, you got to figure out what That's is, called Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> what is sucking all your time? You got to stop wasting time. All of us have the same amount of time, but yet some people, you see them getting a lot done, and you're like, how the heck are they getting so much done? Well, guess what? They're not spending three hours a day looking at Instagram or TikTok. They're just not. When they get to home or they get to the office, they focus on their work and then they probably short lunch break and then they get back to work and they don't spend endless hours consuming media. And that's something that's super easy to do because it takes no work whatsoever to watch your Instagram or your social media or TV or staring out the window. I don't know, whatever it is. Or maybe your biggest time waster is the fact that you're always running to go get food instead of like packing your own lunch. There you go. Yeah, maybe you, you literally it takes you an hour to get lunch when if you brought your own food, you'd be in out in 15 minutes you just pick one in fact i'm sure all of us have multiple time wasters pick one and eliminate that because it's like anything it's hard to go cold turkey but if you just change small changes small steps that's a lot easier okay a couple more here what's another one tess well okay this is kind of inspirational and it's like you're you're banking on your future happiness start every morning by writing down one reason why you love your business okay so the cool thing about this is that after a year, after 365 days, you are going to have 365 reasons why you love your business. And it can be encouraging to your future self. It's also a great mental exercise to really look on the bright side and at the start of the day, figure out what it is that you're thankful for and what is it that makes you love your business so that you can revel in your own happiness, the happiness that you have right now, the business that you have right now. And you're also encouraging that future self that might wake up one morning completely bummed out and you're going to go and speak to your future self with an encouragement. I mean, we all know why we hate our business, right? That's because that's what happens when you go home and you're tired and you're mad and you complain to your... And you're hangry. Yeah, and you're hangry and you talk to your spouse, loved one, whatever, and you share... That's the easy list. But man, finding why you love your business... That's another thing. And wouldn't it be cool by the end of this year that you could cr- almost create a document and post on your wall 365 reasons why I love my business. And that can just be that nice positive affirmation and encouragement to remind you of the truth of why you are in what you're in right now. So I think it's a great idea. I love it. And I think uh, everyone should be doing this. And then maybe down the road you can post it online or say, hey, here's my 365 reasons why I love my business. It'd be really cool. Another thing, this is only if you have staff, but I found this to be very useful when I started doing it, and that is spending one hour every day in the break room. 
we had a staff of 13. They weren't all working at the same time. We had two shifts. But that said, we'd have five or six people, and they all generally would have lunch close to each other. So they often would end up in the break room in the morning around the same time. And I didn't always spend every day there, but I would definitely go once a week or twice a week, hang out in the break room and just be there just to talk to people. At first, it was awkward because I was not used to doing that. I felt like I was invading people's lives. And I, and I, and I do want to be conscious that people are on their break and they don't want to be working. So I wouldn't be in the break room to talk about work. Hovering over people. You no, and that. I wouldn't talk about work. I wouldn't be like, hey, what about um, that client tomorrow? No, no, no. When they're on lunch, I had to learn this hard way because I didn't always do this in the early times. I would like, Hey, let's talk about this or what are your struggles? And my team member would be like, Paul, this is my lunch break. I only get 30 minutes. And I need to eat. And I need to eat. And I don't want to think about work right now. Can you please respect that? So I did. And then instead, what that time be, what became more, it's like, hey, what's going on? How's your kids? How's your dog? Do you have any plans coming up? Do you have vacations? Whatever. How's these struggles? You know, it would just be talking about real stuff like life. And so I felt like that would be something that if you are a boss and you're not doing that, this could be something really nice you can do once a week go into the break room and just hang out there when your team's there, be their friend. You know, I mean, obviously you can't be technically a friend friend because you're their boss, but you can be friendly and connected and care about them as people and not just see them as a number or someone that generates revenue. So that's another thing. And then the last thing that they recommend is, and this is something all of us can do, and that is put your t- company on a diet or fitness program. What do you mean? Do you mean like make everyone go on a diet? And yeah, yeah, the your calories? whole team. Yeah, let's get your whole team to be less fat. No, no, it's not nothing to do with that. This is actually financially speaking. As a business, we could all be a little bit more financially responsible and, and control our expenses better. And that just means going through your budget this year and saying, okay, do I really need this? Or do I really need that? Or can I maybe cut this out and some things are just done because we're lazy and we don't care maybe we have some things that we put in there you know that we really need one year we did this and we realized that we had three of the same merchant accounts for one account for a credit card machine and we were paying three times and we only need to be paying once so it's like you're doing kind of an audit and you're checking where's the money going yeah where's the money going and then be responsible to make sure you put money aside in the savings so that you can have that war chest so when God willing, this never happens, but like COVID comes again, you're not like caught with your pants down with no means to make money, but you can just go, hey, I got $100,000 in the bank. No worries. That will pay the bills. I know a lot of team-based pay salons actually were able to get through COVID because they actually had a war chest and they were able to pay their staffs during that shutdown for a couple months. So for you, this could be the year that you finally get a little disciplined and a little more responsible. And you can, you know, there's lots of places we can get help for this. But at least if you make your mind saying, yeah, I want to do this, you can put down your target and then start looking for the help to get you there. So, all right, guys, I think that's it. You have anything else, Tess? Well, I was just going to, when you said about, you know, put your company on a diet fitness program, I had a flashback to the time that we had, this is when we still had the salon. And we had a a competition. It was a friendly encouragement. Like, you know, everyone, it was at the beginning of the year, people were complaining about being heavy and wanting to get healthy. And so we said, let's make it a company thing. The person who loses the most percentage of body fat, if you want to participate, will win X number of dollars. Yeah. And we provided gym memberships and we, you know, put healthy recipes, you know, not just us, the other team members did. We had a login for weight thing and it was all voluntary. You didn't have to do it. But that actually became one of the um, sources of complaint for the the lawsuit that was brought against us. That they're like, you made us lose weight. You made us go on a diet. And literally we're in this deposition and the opposing attorney is asking us, wasn't it true that so-and-so said that she 
liked eating chips and you said with a diet you can't eat chips anymore. He's like, it was voluntary. Anyway, so I, that was a little tangent my mind went on. And I just thought it was kind of funny. You might get a laugh out of it um, yeah. at our expense. But anyway, that was then. And no good deed is... Uh, oh, wait, no, no. No was, good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, all we were trying to do is help our team. To, and we were actually, the person who won, I think, got like $300 or yeah. something like that. And that person actually still ended up suing us. But that said that <laughs> we gave her $300 for losing the percentage. It wasn't total weight because obviously it's different yeah, for person. Yeah, and of course it was voluntary. But anyway, yeah, you it was made voluntary. me lose weight. You made me not eat chips. Yeah, we were evil. But anyhow, that all said, guys, thank you. Hopefully one of these things works. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff here. But some of these things are small. Some of these things are big. And I would have hopefully took some notes and picked something. And I would love to hear from you if how you do. So if you're doing great... Three months from now, DM me or email me or text us or something like that. Say, hey, Paul, Tuss, you know, thanks so much for those ideas. I did this and look at me now. Yeah, tell us what the project that you're going to do and once you've completed it. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you so we can celebrate your wins. That's why we are in this business because we really love you guys and love what trying to help and support our industry. All right, guys, that wraps up our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Dumpling Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 